Good morning, church. Oh, there's a good morning from the back. I like that. She's ready ready to go. go. Good. It's Valentine's Day. Amen. I got three Valentines coming in the door and a couple cookies shaped like daisies. Come on. That's pretty neat. I'm not sharing. That's right. (laughs) Three, one for you, one for me. I'll share. The other kids can split the. Look at Ruby. Valentine's Day on a Sunday. I can't think of a better way to to, to start the day than to just um, soak up the love of the Father. Amen. Amen. You know, the Bible says that He is love. God is love. So this is as much his, his day, amen, as anybody else's day. So stand with me. We're going to worship him this morning. We're going to read out of uh, Exodus 15 together for our call to worship here. Uh, it's actually called the Song of Moses. And I know we've been singing that song, and I don't believe we're singing it today. But as we were reading through Exodus and during some of our Bible reading, it just jumped out at me again. And we're not going to read the whole Song of Moses. We're just going to do a couple, couple of verses within it. So, Grace, you want to pull that up for us here? So, a count of three, we'll read this all together. One, two, three. The Lord is my strength and song. He has become my salvation. He is my God, and I will praise him. My Father's God, and I will exalt him. The Lord is man of war. The Lord is his name. And then verse 18. The Lord shall reign forever and ever. Father, we thank you, Lord, that you reign forever and ever. We thank you, Lord, that you are love. And that you showed your great, great love for us. And that you love us so dearly. May we remember that and recognize that this morning. And let us worship you, the King of kings and the Lord of lords. In Jesus' name, amen. Let's worship. The Lord woke me up. I was sleeping. It was like middle of the night. And I just sensed the Holy Spirit speaking to me this week. And he said, the Holy Spirit said, the enemy doesn't come to attack you, your life. He comes to attack your belief in the goodness of God. And so when we sing, sometimes I get annoyed at worship songs when they repeat themselves so much. And I think we can get into just mindless, we don't even think about what we're saying. But I love to repeat songs. I love the repetition when we are speaking truth and declaring it to the atmosphere, declaring it to the principalities and powers, declaring it to all of heaven, declaring it to our soul. He is good. He is good good and his mercy endures forever goodness and mercy will follow me all the days of my life thank you lord thank you lord we're gonna take communion here in a minute uh we'll give you some instructions here but something that came up in my spirit this morning as i was praying about what to some scripture to preface our time of communion I was reminded of the story in Acts chapter 3. And it's talking about the lame man being healed. For those of you who remember the story, there's a lame man who is sitting by the side of the road or at the gate of the gate called Beautiful, I believe that it is. And he's looking for something. He's looking for something. He needs something. Desperately needs something. How many of you walked in here this morning needing something? <laughs> we, sometimes we just need something. We need more of him. I'm going to pick it up here. It says, he, this guy, who's seeing Paul or seeing Peter and John about to go into the temple, asked for some alms. He asked for some money. And fixing his eyes on him with John, Peter said, look at us. And so he gave them his attention expecting to receive something from them. Then Peter said, silver and gold I do not have, but what I do have I give you. What he had, what each of us has the opportunity to have. It says, in the name of Jesus Christ of Nazareth, rise up and walk. That was the need that that person had that day. And if you look at the words that Peter used, it was what I have. What I already have, I'm giving it to you. 
I'm giving it to you. And later on in the, in the passage, it goes further. It says, he begins talking about to others who see this guy leaping and praising God and running around. It says in verse 16, in his name, in his name, in the name of Jesus, in his name, through faith in his name, has made this man strong. Whom you see and know, yes, the faith which comes through him has given him his perfect soundness in the presence of you all. So what did Peter have that he gave? The perfect presence of Jesus Christ. The perfect presence of Jesus Christ on the inside transforming our lives and meeting every single need that we have. The Bible says that we overcome because he overcame. Not because of what we did or what we do, but because of him, the overcomer. So we're going to come to the table. We're going to grab our communion elements. And I want us to remember that we have all that we need in him because of what he did on the cross, his body broken, his blood shed right here. This is why we're taking communion this morning, to remember what he did for us. So there's two tables in the front. There's one in the back. You may go to whichever table is closest to you. We ask that you come down these aisles here, then circle around, or go to that table and circle around. There's two cups. One has the juice, one has the cracker. So just grab both of them, go back to your seat, and we'll be back up to give communion together. So as we're down there and y'all are moving to the tables getting your communion, I'm standing there and I'm, I find myself playing with this thing in my hands. I didn't realize I was doing it. I mean, I don't know if any of you have ever done that. Like, you're doing something, you don't realize you're doing it. And the Lord drew my attention to what I was doing. Whenever I wear this sweater, there is always a Lego heart in, a, in one of the pockets. Jairus made me a Lego heart for my pocket. And so it's always in the pocket of this sweater. And the Lord said, carry my love. Carry my love. I can't give this away if I don't mm. already have it. Right. If I don't receive of it. Right. If I had never taken it from Jairus and mm. made it into the treasure mm. that he meant for it to be, I could have taken it and said, oh, that's so sweet, and put it on my dresser, and it would have collected dust. It could have fallen behind and been lost forever. Well, you know, for a few years until I vacuumed behind there. And it would have had no effect I wouldn't be reminded of his love every time I wore this sweater if I hadn't received it and made the treasure of it that he meant it to be. That's good. So Jesus came. I mean, he left heaven. I can't wait to get to heaven. And once I get there, I'm not leaving for nobody. <laughs> but he left heaven for the purpose of love, to make a way. And this morning, I'm challenging you to make his love the treasure he meant for it to be. That's right. And to carry it with you. Thank you, Father. Let's just take a moment, reflect on that for a minute. No greater love. No greater love than to lay down one's life. Father, we thank you for your son. And Jesus, we thank you for paying that price for our sins. Your body broken, your blood shed. Father, we're so thankful that you defeated the grave sin no longer can hold us bound. And so we receive that love today. We receive that love today. Thank you, Lord. The Bible says in 1 Corinthians, For I received from the Lord that which I also delivered to you, that the Lord Jesus, on the same night in which he was betrayed, he took bread. We had given thanks, he broke it, and he said, Take, eat, 
This is my body which is broken for you. Do this in remembrance of me. Let us partake. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Lord. In the same manner, he also took the cup after supper, saying, this cup is the new covenant in my blood. This do as often as you drink it in remembrance of me. For as often as you eat this bread and drink this cup, you proclaim the Lord's death till he comes. Let us partake. Father, we thank you for your goodness. For you are good, you are good, you are good. And Father, we thank you that you will never fail us. You will never leave us. You will never forsake us. And we thank you for it this morning. And we worship you for it this morning. In Jesus' name, amen. Stand with me as we continue to worship. The altar is open. You need to do some business with the Lord. Come on down. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Father. Thank you, Thank Lord. you Jesus. What makes him worthy and holy is that he does not change. And as we were worshiping again this week, um, I wrote on this piece of paper, your love for me is not diminished by my weakness. If your measure of God's love toward you is changeable, then it is not the appropriate measure. His love does not increase based on your performance. That's right. Based on your accomplishments. That's right. Based on how good you are. His love cannot be added to. You cannot make him love you more, nor can you make him love you less. So this morning, Father, we turn away from all things, all things that are less than you. And we look only to you to satisfy. Thank you, Lord. To give value to our lives. It's only you, Jesus. Thank you, Lord. Father, forgive us for diminishing your love Mm. by applying it falsely. And Father, we surrender ourselves to this love that so often feels like too much. Undeserved. Always undeserved. But Father, this morning we put our arms out wide and we receive. Thank you, Lord. You're perfect and unchanging, unearned, unchangeable, magnificent love. Thank you, Father. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Lord. Thank you. As we were singing that, I was reminded of Isaiah chapter 6. And it says this, and I'll just read it and then we'll close this time of worship. It says, In the year that King Uzziah died, I saw the Lord sitting on a throne, high and lifted up, and the train of his robe filled the temple. Above it stood seraphim, each one had six wings, with two he covered his face, with two he covered his feet, and with two he flew. And one cried to another and said, holy, holy, holy is the Lord of hosts. The whole earth is full of his glory. Do you understand that? He created you. You are what is filling the earth with His glory. As His presence is here and with us this morning, you are His creation. He loves you and He cares for you. We are filling the earth. And the posts of the door were shaken by the voice of Him who cried out. And the house was filled with smoke. And so I said, how many of us often do. Woe is me, for I am undone. Because I am a man 
of unclean lips, and I dwell in the midst of the people of unclean lips. For my eyes have seen the King, the Lord of hosts. Then one of the seraphim flew to me, having in his hand a live coal, which he had taken from the tongs from the altar. And he touched my mouth with it and said this, Behold, this has touched your lips. Your iniquity, your iniquity is taken away, and your sin has been purged. And I also heard the voice of the Lord saying, Whom shall I send, and who will go for us? And then I said, Here I am, send me. And he said, Go tell this people. So Father, we just receive We receive your love this morning. We receive your love this morning. Your great, perfect, unending love that's not based on anything else, that agape love. No performance. Doesn't love you less because you didn't read your Bible this morning. And he doesn't love you more if you did. Father, we worship you and we thank you for your love for cleansing our unclean lips and changing our lives forever. Thank you for being with us this morning. In Jesus' name, amen. Amen. As we move into our time of greeting, this is our opportunity to visit with one another and encourage one another in the Lord. Uh, Me and Bev have a joke, a running joke. It's like on Sunday morning, there's only time for two answers. How are you? Good or fine? (laughs) So this isn't a substitute for reaching out and loving on one another during the week. um, Where you can, it's so important that we talk to each other and we say more than the good or the fine. That's right. Um, It's just so important. And so this is a time where we can just say good and fine and we can just love (laughs) one another and we can make an appointment with each other to pray for one another and to connect with one another throughout the week and support one another. Um, So we're going to have our time of greeting. If you are an ECF kid, you know the drill. Kid Corner is open. You can head over, get your bag, get your sermon notes, borrow a book. If you are a guest, we want to welcome you. Um, We just love worshiping the Lord. Uh, We love being led by the Holy Spirit, and we love when people join us. So if this is your first time, on the back of the seat in front of you is a connection card. Um, That card is there so that you can let us know that you were here. Um, You can put your name on there. You can put as much information as you want. Um, But we just like to know that you are here. I always think of the bathroom stalls. You know, Liz was here with the W-U-Z. Anyway, I never did that on a bathroom stall. But I did it all all over my notebooks and stuff when I was a kid. Um, No, I promise. (laughs) Um, Yeah, we we like to know that you was here. So go ahead and fill out that connection card. And uh, where you put it is either the little lockbox to the left of the the exit over there, or the offering buckets are up front here. Um, And this is where you can put those connection cards, which can also hold prayer requests, praise reports, testimonies, and updated information. Um, And also your offering. So we're not, we don't pass an offering bucket at this time. Um, So if you have an offering, the offering buckets are here. If you have a child and this is your first time, I'll be over at Kid Corner and we have fun stuff for them um, to keep their hands busy during the sermon. Hands busy, but ears open. Um, It's amazing. Uh, I love that we had company up here worshiping this morning. Little Grace. Do you call her Grace or Gracie? Grace. So oh, that just makes our hearts so happy. And oh, honestly, I mean, we'll talk about it later in the car, so I'll just do it here in front of you. It makes your heart more full, right, of worship. For sure. Like I worship more deeply. It just adds something when children are worshiping around me. It just makes me want to rejoice, and I just think that's the Father's heart. So we were so happy to have her this morning up here with us. Um, the altar is always open for your children. If they get out of hand, I have no problem walking up and be like, Mm-mm, no, 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 let's not do that. Or you can do it. We, we don't discourage that either. Um, but in general, their hearts are pure and Amen. they're just looking to do what we're all doing. Amen. And that's perfect. That's right. They're not going to get it perfect. You know, we that's might right. lose one up the steps a couple times. That's okay. They're learning the boundaries. Right. Um, uh, so anyway, really enjoyed that. Okay. Let's, yeah. let's have a time of, um, greeting and then we'll come back and, uh, listen to the word. Okay.
my church family. <gasps> Reagan has informed me that we are all on the moon. Reagan Cooper has declared that this is the moon and we are all walking on it. So, on the moon. I know. Sometimes I have a funny story to tell while everyone's simmering down, but I don't think I have one today. And everyone said, oh, thank goodness. All right, announcements. Um, the first announcement that I have for you is worship and prayer this Wednesday at 6.30 p.m. Um, it is a pretty laid-back time where there is just worship and prayer. Um, I think that uh, it's really a time just to flow in the Holy Spirit and to press in. Um, this started during our January fast, um, which was fantastic um, in our home. Um, and it continues because it has been so profitable for those who are coming and attending. So I encourage you to come to Wednesday night and enjoy the presence of the Lord. That's this Wednesday at 6.30. Um, next Sunday on uh, February 21st at 6 p.m. is Youth Night. Um, that is for ages or grades 6 through 12. Downstairs in the youth room, there is always food. There's hangout and games. There's a time of worship, a time of prayer, um, Bible study, uh, and it's a really good time. My, my teenagers look forward to it um, every month. So if you are a teenager, come down, check it out, hang out with us. If you know a teenager, um, go ahead and tell them about it. So that is the 21st. Jason, is there a Luciano group on the 21st? Okay, but that's not an announcement on my paper. Should I make it? Okay. Um, also on that night, Luciano small group um, will be here in the sanctuary. Uh, that starts at 6.30, and it goes until 8. And I believe there is a guest teacher this time. Yes, a guest teacher this time is, am I right, uh, Mr. Don Johnson. So I think that'll be a really awesome opportunity. Um, he's a really good teacher. Uh, I enjoy every time. He always has something to share that's really practical, usually has a really practical edge to it, which I really always appreciate. So um, that is also Sunday night, the 21st, and that starts at 6.30, and that is here in the sanctuary. Uh, last announcement, I'm always really excited about Jeremy Gall. Jeremy Gall is coming on March 7th, and it seriously is just like a jolt of faith. It's like... Um, I don't know. It's like those vitamin C drips. You can go and pay a lot of money and you can get like intravenous vitamin C. I feel like any time I spend with Jeremy Gull is like getting just like faith right to my veins. So that is on March 7th. He's going to be here ministering in the morning. And um, if you don't come, you're missing out. That's all I'll say about that. All right. Okay. How's everyone doing? Praise the Lord. I am doing good. Um, we're going to pray over the offering here uh, in a minute. Just one other comment, uh, just a financial comment, uh, two things. If you had been interested in the congregational finance meeting that we had last week and you missed it and you weren't able to attend, uh, you can get the information. The handout that we gave is in the lobby. Uh, it's on, that, on the column out there. You kind of can't miss it. It's the big column in the middle of the lobby. And there's the handouts on there, there's the financial papers that we gave out and walked through. And if you're really interested, want to hear what I had to say at the meeting, we actually recorded it, and it's on our website. Uh, just the audio uh, is on our website as well. So you can go back and kind of listen to it. Uh, I thought we had a great time. A lot of great questions were asked as well, uh, and just clarifying where we're at from a financial position. And then one thing I did announce that I'm, I'm excited that we're getting started here soon is we're going to have a debt chart posted up here in the sanctuary that we are going to just show where we currently are with our debt and how we're watching this thing come down so that we can be debt-free in Jesus' name. What was that? That's right. No, not yet. It's, it's the debt. It's not our debt, right? Amen. We shall be the lender, not the borrower. Amen? That's what the Bible says. That's what we want to go do. So uh, let's just pray over our offering, and then we're going to get started uh, in the message today. Uh, I will. Let me just read this scripture real quick out of Exodus uh, 34 has been part of our reading. It says, The first of the first fruits of your land you shall bring to the house of the Lord. The first of the first fruits. 
And this is what he's called us to do. What he's asking us to do is to bring... Now, there's something about not boiling goats in the mother's milk. So, I mean, just hold off just for a second. Ignore the rest of that verse. I'm just focusing on the first part of the verse. Uh, but it really, it's just God is always asking us, hey, it's all his. It's all his. Church, it's all his. And he's just asking for a portion of it back. And if you look in Exodus, as you read over and over, it says they were cheerful and faithfully bringing all of the things that they needed to bring to build the tabernacle and the altar and everything that they were doing. And you know what it said at the end? It said they had to tell the people to stop bringing stuff because they had more than enough. Amen? So this is what the Lord wants to do for this tabernacle, this church, is that as we continue to be faithful in our finances, the Lord will continue to bless us and we will be debt free and we will have more than enough. And I'm probably not going to tell you ever to stop. Right, Because that would be going against the commands of the Bible. Continue to give as the Lord tells you to give. Amen? That's what he wants. Let's pray. Heavenly Father, we just thank you, Lord, for your goodness, for your faithfulness. Father, I just thank you, Lord, that, oh, Lord, you love us so much and that you care about us so much. Father, I just pray every gift, every giver this morning. Father, everyone who is here in person and online watching, Father, that you continue to be faithful as you always are. And Lord, you tell us to just read your promises back to you, Lord, and you are always faithful to your word. And we thank you that you are a provider and that you love us and care for us. And Father, as this message, Lord, I just pray that you will just uh, speak through me this morning, that we will understand you better and what the word has to say. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. 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 Okay, uh, open up your Bibles with me to the Gospel of John. And you're going to say, well, Pastor Jason, you've been doing a series in 1 John. Why are you going to the Gospel of John? And I will tell you that we're going to get there. We're going to get there in a couple minutes. And as I was praying about, as I was praying about today's message, and of course it falls on Valentine's Day, and so I wanted to do something, and I just, Lord, what do you want me to share about your love? What do you want me to share about your goodness and your love? So that we could just, my hope, my goal is that you walk out of here with just even a little bit more of an understanding of his love that he has for you, for every one of us, including me. I'll be preaching to myself a little bit here. And really the takeaway this morning, I'll give it to you up front, and I'll give you some details here in a little bit, is that God is love, and God loves you. God is love, and God loves you. I love when we start preaching my message before I even get up. We were talking about that. Liz was sharing here about no matter what you do, he will not love you any less, and he will not love you any more. There is no earning his love. There's only receiving his love. And this morning, I want us just to be receivers. No condemnation in this message, only receiving and accepting and believing in faith that God loves you. God loves you. If you remember nothing else, God loves you. You know, sweet Maggie May, she's, I think she went to the nursery. But you know, we talk about having a faith of a child. And every night before she goes to bed, I read her a book. And the current book that we're reading is Away in the Manger. Why we're reading that one, I don't know, but it's the one that she picked. And so I sort of read slash sing the song, Away in the Manger. Now, of all of the songs in kids' books, this might be the most difficult song for me to sing personally. For two reasons. One, I can't sing. And so I will not sing that song. But two, it's just like it's, so, like, it's so low and then so high, and I just can't sing Away in the Manger. However, when I put her to bed... She asked me to sing one song to her every single night. You know what that song is? Jesus loves me. This I know. Why? Because the Bible tells me so. Let's sing it. Can we sing it together? Is that weird? Let's sing it together because I'm not going to sing it on my own. So Jairus, you lead us off. Ready? One, two, three. Jesus loves me.
on. Hit it now. Yes, Jesus loves me. Yes, Jesus loves me. That was totally unplanned. They didn't know I was going to ask them to do that. You guys did it yesterday? Are you kidding? Women, come on. Oh, my gosh. This is crazy. Uh, <laughs> Chris and I always talk about if there's, like, a microphone in women to women that I'm listening to, like, you know, that we start doing the same thing the next day. Actually, with men to men, we did it last week, too, about Moses holding his hands up. But all that is is that the Spirit of God is moving you, in unity, unifying all of the different groups and people that are meeting uh, within this church, which I absolutely love. But Jesus loves me, this I know. For the Bible tells me so. So I want to look at what the Bible says this morning about Jesus' love for you and for me and what it looks like and what it means and how we can rest in that love, okay? All right, so I told you to open up to John. Let's go to John 3. And I, want to re- I just want to remind us of the definition of love. And my kids do get their vocal cords from their mom, not their dad, in case anyone was wondering. The definition of love, and you guys can write this down, this was given to us by uh, Doug Jones many years ago. He is one of the, I think he's maybe still the director for North America or most of Rhema Church's. Uh, But he said this, love is doing, you can write this down or try to remember, put it in your phone, love is doing the best thing for the person in the moment. Love is doing the best possible thing for that person in the moment. And you know, that's how God loves us over and over and over. Because sometimes, as you all know, you're praying and you're hoping and praying and hoping something happens, and sometimes God doesn't do it exactly how you thought he was going to do it. But I can assure you that God loves you so much that whatever he is doing and how he is working is the best possible thing for you in the moment. Because he is love. And that's what he does, is the best possible thing for us. Now, we get ourselves in trouble. Sin We have an enemy, and we know all the things that this world throws at us and ends up happening to us. But God, who loves us, who is love, does the best possible thing for us in the moment. And in John chapter 3, verse 16, he did the best possible thing for us at that moment. That moment that was ordained from the beginning of time. There was, I mean, he knew the date that Jesus was coming. God knew the date that Jesus was going to be here. And he knows the date in which Jesus is going to return. We don't know that date exactly. Do we think it's closer? Well, it's closer today than it was yesterday. That's a fact. We can stand on that one. And we don't know exactly when it's going to happen, but look at this. Chapter 3, verse 16. For God so loved the world. For God so loved the world that he gave his only begotten son. Church, he loves you so much that he sent his son to die for you. And I think sometimes it's so hard for us to wrap our heads around that. He loves us so much. And it says that whoever believes in him should not perish but have everlasting life. The only requirement we have is not to be perfect, not to be sinless, not to have everything right, not to say the right words. It's just to believe in Jesus. To believe that God loved you so much that he sent his son to die for you. All we have to do is believe. For God did not send his son into the world to condemn the world, but that the world through him might be saved might be saved. So I start asking the Lord, where do I go from here? And here's what I want to do. I'm going to walk through a couple scriptures through the rest of the Gospel of John. And then we're going to go to 1 John. Because guess what? The author of the Gospel of John and the author of 1 John, 2 John, 3 John was actually the same person. 
And so not that it's a continuation necessarily, but we're going to look at what it was like when Jesus was on the earth. And then what does that love mean to us now that Jesus has died for our sins and has resurrected from the grave and is at the right hand of the Father? Because it means something. And we need to understand what it means to us as Christians and what he truly has done for us. So John 10, verse 9. Again, I'm going to walk through the gospel. You can just, you'll just be able to flip your pages of your Bible. We have the scripture up here. John 10, starting in verse 9. It says this. Now, this is Jesus speaking. I am the door. If anyone enters by me, he will be saved. Anyone who enters by him, believing in him, will be saved. They will go in and out and find pasture. What is pasture represented? They will find the things that you need for this life. The nutrients that you need. That's what pasture is. You're doing referencing. It's an agricultural society, not like we really have today, so we have to understand this in context. He's saying they're going to go in, they're going to go out, they're going to find everything that they need because of me. He will lead you, he will guide you. The thief, the enemy, the one who is against God... As you, what did you say about it this morning? Uh, the enemy's goal is not, not to, to destroy you necessarily, but to destroy your understanding of God's goodness. Your belief, say it again. Your faith in who God is. That's what he's attacking. He's going after. He's going after. This steal, kill, and destroy. It's stealing and killing the word of God, which is life, which is who God is on the inside of us. This is, what, this is what the enemy is coming to try to do. It says, the thief, verse 10, John 10, 10, does not come except to steal and to kill and to destroy. Now, this is Jesus speaking. I have come. I have come. That we, that they may have life and that they may have it more abundantly. More abundant life in him. I can tell you, And those who have tried to walk this life without him know that life with him is more abundant life. Those who are married understand that having a marriage without Jesus being in the center of the marriage versus having Jesus in the center of the marriage is a marriage more abundantly. Does that mean everything works out perfectly? Can I get a no and amen? No, it doesn't, right? Amen, right? It does not always work out perfectly, but that's not because of him. It's usually because of us and the enemy that we have that we're battling against. But he came to give life and life more abundantly. Sounds like love to me. The best possible thing in the moment, life more abundantly. How many of you know life more abundantly is the best possible thing in every moment? And that's what he came to bring. That's what Jesus came to bring. Not just salvation for eternity, which is an amazing gift, but it's life more abundantly right here and right now. John 15. Keep flipping the pages. Or if you're using your phone, you know, just a little swipe on the Bible app. Five swipes, John 15. As the Father loved me, I also have loved you. Abide in my love. So what this is saying here is that he loves you so much. And his representation, you know, when Jesus walked the earth, what did he always say? I only do what I see the Father do. I only say what I've seen and heard the Father say. This is Jesus saying, I have loved you as the Father loved me. He is loving us as he'd seen the Father love him. His son. And so he's saying, because of that, can we just abide in my love? Can we just abide in Jesus' love? And the beautiful thing about this is, it's already there. When you've accepted Jesus, you are already abiding with Jesus. Now you get a chance to abide in his love as well. It's like they're separate things. You You can accept Jesus and not abide in his love. You remember the sticks last week as I was snapping off the twigs? Because when you're not abiding with Jesus, it's like, oh. You become sharp, pokey. You light on fire real quick and burn up even quicker. When we are not connected with him. 
when we're abiding in his love. So how do we do this? Verse 10, John chapter 15, verse 10. If you keep my commands, you will abide in my love, just as I have kept my Father's commandments and abide in his love. So if you keep my commandments, you will abide in my love. What are truly his commandments? What are the top two commandments that he reminds us over and over and over and over again? Is that we should love the Lord your God with all your heart, with all your soul, and with all your mind. And then we need to love our neighbor as ourselves. This is what he's telling us. Because he loved you so much that it is almost feels like impossible to not reciprocate that love back to him. When you truly begin to understand what he did for you and for me. Then verse 11 says this. These things I have spoken to you. Look at this. Father loves you. I love you. I'm giving my life for you. Hold on to these commandments. These things I have spoken to you that you may have what? Joy. Oh my gosh. So what you're saying is there is joy in God's love? Yes, that is what I'm saying. There is access to joy in our life, in this life. In this abundant life equals joy. There is joy available in this abundant life. So these things I've spoken to you that my joy may what? Remain in you. Remain and seek him, his kingdom, his righteousness, and that joy remains in you. Oh my gosh, it's like, man, we need to do that more. It says this, and that your joy may be full. It says, this is my commandment, that you love one another as I have loved you. And then he says this, he says, greater love, greater love has no one than this, than to lay down one life for his friends. You are my friends if you do what I command you. So abundant life comes because of what Jesus did in our life. Look at John 16 now. We're walking through the, the Gospel of John. John 16. It's going to get even better here in a minute. John 16, These things I have spoken to you, that in me you may have peace. Oh, so the abundant life talked about in John chapter 10 starts growing. There's more and more involved in this abundant life. There's not only joy, but there is peace. There's peace. In this world you will have tribulation. Anybody have any tribulation periodically in this life? He's saying, no, you will have it. It is going to come. It's not coming from him, but it says it will come. You will have it. So stop being surprised when it comes. This is like a message for me. right? This is like one of my struggles in life. Like uh, Every time something happens, like the car breaks down, or oh my gosh, the one, Lord help me. The one that sends me like to the moon is when the low tire pressure light comes on in your car. Is any, can I get an amen to that one? It always comes on. It's never right. The sensor is always wrong. And I'm like, it's 29 PS. Why does it keep coming on? It's like it should be okay, right? But it's just like, you're just like, I can't believe this thing is coming on. So this is a minor tribulation of life. It is a really minor tribulation of life. And I can make light of it because some of you have gone through major tribulations of life. Major, major things in your upbringing, in your marriages, abuse, neglect, big time stuff, big time stuff. But what it says here is in this world you will have tribulation, but be of good cheer. I have overcome the world. So no matter what the situation, we have to turn our eyes and our focus on him because he's the overcomer. He is the one who has overcome the world. Okay, it gets better. Are you ready? Okay, now go with me. So now it's the end of the Gospel of John. We're going to go to 1 John now. So go to 1 John, uh, starting chapter 3. So what happens between these two these two books of the Bible is Jesus dies. He goes to the grave. He is resurrected. He ascends to heaven. And he is now at the right hand of the Father. 
So let's just put that in perspective. So we were looking at what Jesus was saying, that I have overcome the world. Abide in my love. I love you, I love you, I love you. Then he dies. He raises from the dead. Now guess, now let's go look at what, because of his love, because of his love and the cross and the resurrection and the ascension, now let's look at what that love means for us today, right now. New Testament, baby. This is where we're living. 1 John 3, verse 2. Beloved, now we are children of God. So if you're here this morning and you made a decision to accept Jesus Christ as your Lord and Savior in your life and receive God's love for you, you are now a child of God. You are now a child of God. You have been adopted now into a new family. Not this earthly family which has its ups and downs, but you are now in God's family. Because of what Jesus did for you. Because he loves you. And I tell you, the best possible thing for you at the moment is to be in his family. That's love. That's love. The best possible thing for you in this moment, in this day, is to be a child of God. It says this, and it has not yet been revealed what we shall be. But we know that when he is revealed, we shall be like him. Now it starts to talking about foreshadowing when he returns. For we shall see him as he is. Jesus loves you so much that now we have the opportunity to be part of God's family. This is, this is, this is, this is Jesus in heaven now. Now we get to be part of his family. Like his actual family. Get a hold of that this morning. His actual family. You're like, but, but, but my, yeah, I understand that. You can get some glimpse of it, maybe just a little bit of a glimpse from your earthly family of what that means. But you are now in his family. And he is your dad. And he is the best dad that there is. So no matter how your father or your earthly father failed you, because we all do in some way, shape, or form, he will never fail you. He will never fail you because he loves you so much. Now look at this, 1 John 4. Flip over, swipe. We're going right through the book of 1 John now. Just swipe over because this is where we were in our study, 1 John. 4 verse 1 is this. You are of God, little children. Okay, now it's referencing again. We're part of the family, guys. We're part of the family. Watch this. And have, what? Overcome them. Whoa, 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 whoa. Just a minute. Who overcame? It says, we have overcame. We are now overcomers. You wait, wait a second. I thought Jesus was the overcomer. That's right. Look at the next verse. Because he who is in you is greater than he who is in the world. Look at this. So here Jesus is saying, I am the overcomer. I have come to do these things. He raises from the dead. We accept him into our life. And Jesus, because he is on the inside of you, and because he loves you so much, you are now an overcomer. Because of him. Not because of you. Only because you accepted him and received him. Which means his love for you has now allowed you to become an overcomer on the tribulations and the challenges that you face in this world. You're like, well, I'm not currently overcoming. Okay. <laughs> Keep digging in. Keep praying. Keep seeking him. Because he's on the inside of you. And he, that, the word is that you are an overcomer. You are an overcomer. And I can tell you when you finally meet him face to face, whenever that time comes, you will be the ultimate overcomer then. Because of his love for us and what he did for us, and he is in us because only because we accepted him as our Lord and Savior. That's it. It didn't say you are an overcomer if you memorize the entire Bible. It didn't say that you are an overcomer because you have a fantastic voice and you're a worship leader. It didn't say you're an overcomer because you pray for an hour and a half every single day. What did it say? You are an overcomer now. Why? Because he who is in you. That's it. That's it. As simple as that. He loves you so much. You receive him. He's in you. Now you get to be an overcomer as well. I'm just like, wow, this is really cool. 
And I think too often we, we almost admit, I forget that sometimes. And I begin battling things in my own strength, in my own power, in my own words. And I get tired. How many of you get tired trying to fight the battle in the flesh and on your own, right? It's like, come on. I want you to know as you leave here this morning that you are an overcomer because of him who lives on the inside of you. Does that mean that every situation you're facing, you're just going to walk right through it tomorrow, this afternoon, or whatever, and that's it, you've already over... No, what it's saying is you are an overcomer. So get that in your heart, get your faith wrapped around that, and begin to walk and talk and act like you are the overcomer that the Bible says that you are. And as you begin to do that, you actually will see overcoming habits and things that begin to happen in your life. 1 John 4, verse 7, a few verses down. Beloved, let us love one another, for love is of God, and everyone who loves is born of God and knows God. Stop right there. What this is telling me, this is point number two. Point number one is because of God's love, we are overcomers. Point number two is because of God's love, we are able to love others. You say, man, I don't love others. No, no, you have to understand. It is, you, you can't. You can't love others in your own flesh, not the way they need to be loved. It's not possible to do the best thing for them in the moment without God being on the inside. But what this is saying, anyone who is born of God, who knows God, and God is love, you actually have a propensity to love others on the inside of you the moment you accepted Jesus Christ as your Lord and Savior. The moment it happened, you now are able to love others the way they need to be loved. Because God on the inside. Now much like overcoming... Love, as we know, uh, overcoming is not, but love is a fruit of the Spirit. And there are things that have to grow in our life. So this doesn't mean you just you accept Jesus and now I perfectly love everybody all the time. It goes along with the other way. What it means is that the propensity to love is on the inside of you because God is love and you've accepted Jesus as your Lord and Savior. Which means on Valentine's Day, you can love. Yes, you can. We can love others and we can be overcomers because of his love for us. Remember, this is the same guy writing that we looked at earlier. This is what I find so amazing. This is still the Apostle John. He's, he's just writing. It's like fast forward. Oh my gosh, look at what Jesus did and what he's done for us. And now look at the promises because of his love for us that we get to walk in on a daily basis. God loves us. So we can love others. Skip down to verse 12. 1 John 4, 12. No one has seen God at any time. If we love one another, God abides in us. And his love has been perfected in us. His love is perfected in us. Which means he is working on perfecting us. And sometimes we have to, there are things we go through because it's the best possible thing for us in the moment. Because he is working on perfecting us. By this that we know that we abide in him and he in us. Because, because he has given us. He has given us of his spirit. So not only is Jesus in heaven interceding on our behalf, on our, at the right hand of the Father on our behalf. But he has given us the access to the Holy Spirit. And so love, this propensity to love is in you. And now we have the Holy Spirit to help guide us and lead us on how to grow that fruit of love and of joy and of patience and all these things in our life because he is in us. Skip down to verse 15. It says, whoever confesses that Jesus is the Son of God. This is validating our earlier point. Whoever confesses that Jesus is the Son of God, God abides in him and he in God. So as soon as that happens, he's right here on the inside. He's got you. We're able to love others because God abides in us. His perfect love on the inside of us. Go down to verse 17. Jake, if you want to come back up here, we're going to be closing out. Love has been perfected among us in this, 
that we may have boldness in the day of judgment, because as he is, so are we in this world. Come on, guys. This is like the culmination. Wait a second. As he is, he is love, and he is an overcomer. What this is saying is that that propensity for overcoming and love now resides on the inside of us, so that now we, because he is, so are we in this world. It's like now we have this opportunity to be able to love as God has loved. And we're not perfect. We're not going to get it right. And look at verse 18. There is no fear in love, but perfect love casts out fear. Perfect love. His perfect love casts out fear. Because fear involves torment, but he who fears has not been made perfect in love. We love him because he first loved us. So here's what I want to say about this. What I, what we can read by reading through this and seeing this, and you can go to 1 John 5, we're going to conclude in the, in the book of 1 John in chapter 5. I believe that unbelief hinders God's power to work in our life. This unbelief that we don't really believe that God loves us like the Bible tells us he does. And I think too often people, Christians and non-Christians alike, of course on the non-Christian side, they walk through life not being an overcomer, and not being able to show other people love. Because somewhere deep down inside, they don't truly believe that God loves them. And I have a sense that there are probably some of you in here this morning, or even watching online, who walked in here and had even just the slightest bit of doubt Wondering, does God really totally and completely love me? Because of what happened yesterday, or this morning, or because I yelled at the kids on the way into church, because I got into a fight with my spouse, because I looked at something I shouldn't have looked at. And we begin to doubt his love for us. And I want to show you something in, here this morning in 1 John chapter 5, starting in verse 2. It's like this, he's writing this, and it encapsulates everything we've just talked about. By this we know that we love the children of God when we love God and keep his commands. For this is the love of God, that we keep his commands and that his commandments are not burdensome. They are not burdensome. For whatever is born of God overcomes the world. Listen to this, church. If you have accepted God, you are born of God, you're in his family, you have every right to now be an overcomer. And his love for you does not change based on your actions. You are an overcomer like Jesus was right here this morning. Get a hold of that this morning. For whatever is born of God overcomes the world. And this is the victory that has overcome the world. Our faith. Our faith. Who is he who overcomes the world? but he who believes that Jesus Christ is the Son of God. That's it. That's it. Not your perfection. Nothing. But receiving him as your Lord and as your Savior. Bow your heads with me this morning. If you came in here this morning... Eyes closed, heads bowed, no one looking around. If you came in here this morning 
And I just want you to be honest. If you had even the slightest bit of doubt at all in your heart, if God truly, truly loves you, no matter what you've done, no matter what situation, no matter your sin, no matter what you've said, no matter anything at all, I want to pray for you this morning. Just slip your hand up if that's you this morning. If you walked in here and said, I had even the slightest bit of doubt that God did not completely and totally love me. It's good, I see it. Thank you. I want to pray with you this morning. Because remember, his commands are not burdensome. The power of God on the inside of us. So Father, I just ask you this morning that we would have a fresh revelation of your love. Your agape love. That no matter the situation, no matter our sin, that we would put away striving, that we would receive your love this morning. Father, your word says that you are love. And we receive you this morning. And we thank you for all that you do. In Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. Hon, if you can come up here for a moment. We're going to have some prayer teams up here that can pray with you this morning. If you've never accepted Jesus Christ as your Lord and Savior, you can do that this morning. There'll be teams up here that can pray with you. I highly recommend that if you need prayer for your marriage or anything else in your life, or prayer just to be in agreement that you are an overcomer, to be in agreement that you do have the capacity to love, that these people up here will pray with you this morning. And here's what I want to do. If you are here and you are married, I'd like you to stand up, whether your spouse is here or not. It is Valentine's Day. I haven't forgot about that. I want to read ten declarations over your marriage this morning. And I want you to receive them as I read them. Receive them if your spouse isn't here. Receive them on their behalf. If you're here with your spouse... Hold their hand. It's okay. I guess I should do it too. These are ten declarations I would just want to speak. Just receive them as I say them. I declare that we are one. That we walk in unity and agreement in our soul, mind, body, and spirit. I declare that the enemy has no room in our hearts in our marriage, and in our family. I declare that we will grow deeper in love with each passing day as we grow deeper in the knowledge of our Lord Jesus Christ. I declare this marriage will fulfill the purpose that God intended it to, and we will walk out the call of God in our lives individually and as a couple. I declare that our children, our finances, our endeavors are blessed by God and will bring Him glory and honor. I declare that we will seek to understand one another, always forgive, and always believe the best of one another. I declare that this marriage and home will be a house of prayer, a house of worship, and a house of joy. I declare that our love and intimacy will increase as the days go by, that we will always crave each other and not another man or woman's affections. I declare that whatever God has put together, no man will put asunder. And I declare that our marriage will leave a legacy on the earth that will point everyone who interacts to Jesus Christ, the King of kings and the Lord of lords. So, Father, we thank you for marriages. We thank you, Lord, that you are strengthening marriages this morning, that you are strengthening our understanding of your love for us, our ability to be overcomers, and the propensity we have to love others because you first loved us. We thank you for this. In Jesus' name, amen. amen. You got anything? Do I have anything? <laughs>
The only thing I have to share is I'm not much of a gardener, but I do enjoy pulling weeds um, because it feels therapeutic and the kids stay far from me because they don't want to be recruited. <laughs> and um, as we were stepping into leadership of the church, I did a lot of weeding because I just do a lot of praying and talking to the Lord while I'm weeding. Mm. And um, the Lord talks mm. to me a lot about sin um, when I'm weeding and when I'm cleaning. And um, I had this weed that would grow up in the middle of every hosta, in the middle of every plant. And it made it impossible to get the root. Made it impossible to get the root without digging out part of the good plant. Mm. And the Lord just spoke to my heart about how that is how the most invasive sins are. And so I'm one of those people that I just struggle to feel the love of God. I know about it. I can sing about it. I can preach it. I can minister it. But I really have to work hard to apply it and to feel it. Um, and the Lord just spoke to me. He's like, it's not all or nothing here. There's your tending. Are you nurturing the truth of God's love in your life? Or, and are there weeds of doubt, little sprouts? Pull them when they're sprouts. Pull the little sprout of doubt. What did I tell I texted him the other day. If it's doubt, cast it out. There you go. And then I said I was going to trademark that and, and sell it to the Word of Faith movement and make lots of money. <laughs> <laughs> Anyhow. Business ideas. Um, yeah. uh, if it's doubt, cast it out. Because once it takes root, once you have a big Amen. root in there, you really it's it's very difficult to get it to get Amen. it out. Amen. So um, that's just what the Lord was that's reminding good. me that's as good. you were talking, that's is good. that to have doubt, that's what the enemy he throws it, man, and he tries to he tries to mm. plant doubt in us in so many ways. Amen. And if we can if we can pull that doubt, get those thoughts of doubt and Amen. just bring them under the word when they're small it's so much easier but god is faithful and he will work with us for those for those of us who have all those weeds oh yeah i mean those ones that are are big they're painful to get out but it's worth it it's worth it it has to be done and the the holy spirit is good so it's not all or nothing all right everyone else stand with me come on stand up i'm going to read this benediction then you guys can be dismissed it's out of revelation Of course, because for those who understand the Bible, the Apostle John also wrote the book of Revelation. So guess what? That theme that we just talked about from the Gospel of John to the letters 1st, 2nd, and 3rd John, all the way to Revelation, the same theme he is talking about throughout the Bible. It says this in Revelation 12. I just want to read this over you. Just receive it. When I heard a loud voice saying in heaven, now salvation and strength and the kingdom of our God and the power of his Christ have come for the accuser of our brethren who accused them before our God day and night has been cast down and they overcame him by the blood of the lamb and the word of their testimony and they did not love their lives to the death. So let's go this morning. Let's share the testimony of Jesus Christ in our lives for we are overcomers and we are able to love others because of who he is in our life. Amen? Amen. All right, you guys are dismissed. Have a wonderful Valentine's Day.